Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen here with Alex King. Today is Thursday, November the 21st, 2019. It's 4 p.m. in New York, and wherever you are in the world, we appreciate you joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy, and I'm happy that we are kind of embarking on a new era, so to speak, here at LOA Today, where we're trying to do some more appreciating. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting off each show a little bit uh, by just talking about stuff that's going well, which um, I, I, I I want to try to avoid a particular topic, but I had been paying attention to it, so I'm kind of mentioning it in passing. There's a lot of <laughs> hearing stuff going on, and so in light of all those hearings, this is a really good time to do appreciation. That's mm. that's, that's as far as I want to go with that particular topic. But uh, <laughs> you know, you, you watch enough stuff like that, and you need to feel better. You know, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this is this couldn't be timed better, as far as I'm concerned. So I'm going to start off by saying I'm glad I get to do this show every day because it certainly makes my life a whole lot better just doing the show. It just makes things feel better. And I like the fact that we're starting this new practice of doing yep. rampages of appreciation to get going. So mm-hmm. there, there's my, my first uh, my first foray, flipping it over to you. Okay. I'm appreciative that I don't pay attention to any of that stuff. So I don't, have to, <laughs> I don't have to elevate my levels every day. <laughs> <laughs> so you're starting from a higher point. That means you you can even go higher than that higher point. That, yep, yep. That's the beauty of... of but if you don't have to start at zero and build back up to 10, you can start right. at seven and build up to 10. Yeah, and you get there quicker. You can actually get to 11 and 12, too. Facts, facts. I can't remember who it was, what her name was, but Linda had somebody come on to the show on a day when she couldn't be here, and that mm-hmm. person talked about... I, I don't remember exactly how it worked, but there's like the scale of vibration... Mm-hmm. that certain people use as as, as measurement and, and it goes up into the range of like 500 a thousand 1500 you get up to above 500 you're basically up where the angels fly wow and, you know it's, it's pretty high level stuff most of what we do is in like the two to three hundred range mm-hmm. uh, and she was talking about how she once had a rather frightening adventure where she got up well into the, over a thousand and it scared the daylights out of her and she flew back down to like a hundred or something like that I right really they were her. safe <laughs> yeah it threw her off but it also is a reminder that you know it almost doesn't matter where you're starting from because you can still go higher there's actually yeah. no limit to how high you can go true True. You know, I mean, not that we're recommending that you fly, you know, to the top most level right from ground zero is probably not the best way nah, to go. You got to work your way up there, baby. Yeah. Steps. But <laughs> nevertheless, there's no limit. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's kind of challenging and, and exciting, all kind of wrapped up in the same thing. Yep. Because it means every day can be better than the last one. Mm-hmm. Hashtag mm-hmm. sky's the limit. Woot, woot. I mean, <laughs> it's just... <laughs> 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 woot woot he said <laughs> nobody ever says that do uh, <laughs> not anymore it's now officially canceled, it's canceled. <laughs> well canceled it people it was not my fault <laughs> so there's something else I appreciate I greatly appreciate the fact that I say these really stupid things and, and you don't make fun of me you laugh at it but you don't make fun of me so thank you I'm laughing with that. you sometimes yeah, I, at you <laughs> sometimes yeah but you don't tell me that so which is that's good <laughs> <laughs> It's better that way. It's better if you don't know. <laughs> and I appreciate that you have your ears on today. I do. I have my ears, ears on every on. day. You got your unicorn uh, horn on. You saw the little cartoon I shared with you. Oh, I did see that. That's well, the same. I, oh, um, I decided one. this is the podcast shirt now. So it's every the Tuesday and Thursday. Okay. Yep, yep. Unicorns are real. So yep. it is now an official declaration of LOA today. Unicorns Facts. are real. Mm-hmm. And uh, the cartoon I'm referencing is one that I forwarded from Joel Elston. Uh, it's a one framer that has a picture of a young unicorn upside down with her uh, horn, horn stuck, stuck in the ground. In the ground. <laughs> and her mother she is was... upbraiding her for doing cartwheels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was so funny. I was like, oh. The funny part was, right when I looked at it, me and boyfriend were arguing over if he thinks I can still do cartwheels. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that I was like, if it wasn't thing. so cold outside, I'd show you. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you know that the next time you decide to try to do something like that, you'll take your ears off just to be safe. I will. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you always, yes. pre- you know, practice safety first. Yes, safety first. <laughs> so that you don't end up the subject of a cartoon. Although that would be a funny ambulance call, I think. <laughs> it would be an embarrassing It's like, hi, my girlfriend's call. upside down. She uh, got her unicorn horn stuck in the ground. Um <laughs> 
<laughs> Whereupon he gets upbraided by the 9-11 operator saying, you know, this is a serious line. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, I'm serious, man. <laughs> no, she really is upside down. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, that's one of those uh, 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 9-11 calls that would end up in somebody's compendium, you know, some yeah, reflection yeah. that shows up on Facebook or something like that. Oh, that's classic. It'll go yeah. viral. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good stuff. So, yeah, lots of things to appreciate. Lots of things mm-hmm, to appreciate mm-hmm. And uh, we were also talking before the show. Uh, I, as usual, I had not come up with a topic. I Occasionally I come up with one, but uh, not so much lately. And as usual, you had come up with one because you've kind of made it your job to do that, which I really appreciate. There's something else <laughs> I uh, but you came up with one. I think it's actually one that we had talked about before, but it's a good one uh, because it, it involves other strategies for getting yourself into a, a better feeling place mm-hmm, play mm-hmm. on a regular basis. I mean, we're yep. talking about just doing this you know, rampage of appreciation, which is a great mm-hmm. way to do it, particularly if you're already feeling pretty good. Mm-hmm. Not so effective. And Abraham Hicks says this themselves. It's not so effective that you're feeling depressed to start with a rampage of appreciation. That's kind of a hard leap yeah. when you're feeling bad, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. But when you are feeling bad, and if if you're having trouble jumping out of it, if you're having trouble making the shift in a relatively short period of time, that's when it's useful to have help, and that's where your topic comes in. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm going to kind of stop there and let you introduce the rest of the topic. Okay, so the topic today is therapy. So basically, um, getting extra help, getting to a higher vibrating place. You know, feeling the best you, getting getting your self care outside of yourself. This is a good and, topic. Yeah. I agree. And it's one that kind of comes up indirectly in a lot of the conversations online in the LOA groups. Mm-hmm. There are some people who are strong advocates yep. of the ideas regarding therapy, regarding life coaching. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who take kind of, I, I guess you might call it the reverse position, although that doesn't seem quite the right way to express it. The idea of don't, you don't need to have therapy. You don't need to have coaching in order to get better. You just have to change your focus. Uh, it's not always that simple for everybody. But the point is that, that there are different schools of thought on this. Yeah, there are. You know? Definitely. And, and, Definitely. And it varies from one person to another. So that, that's why I think it's a very uh, useful topic because, mm-hmm. like you say, mm-hmm. there are times when it's appropriate and useful. I mean, the, mm-hmm. the general rule of thumb I always follow and take is if you're in a low vibration, a, a not good feeling place mm-hmm. for more time then you would have liked to, and you can't seem to get your way out. That's when it's a good time to get help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. If you, can, if you can pivot your way out of it, then you already will have. Right. <laughs> it's not, you're not going to wait a whole lot. I mean, most people aren't going to want to stay in that kind of a place for very long. So they're usually going to try to climb their way out. Not always, well, but usually. Eh, sometimes you can't help it. Sometimes it's clinical. Meaning what? Meaning... There's something going on in your brain that you're unaware of and can't get out of. And that's when you need the extra help. And I'll kind of play devil's advocate and say... As you do. (laughs) Well, that's what makes it fun, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, some people will, uh, taking the point of view of, well, you just have to change your your focus of attention, will say, well, yeah. And what all that's really happening there is that you're continuing to choose to focus on that which you don't like. Mm-hmm. So the fact that you're stuck there is because you keep focusing on it. Change the subject. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you're coming down on this, but I'll let you defend it anyway. Go I'm going to agree to disagree. Okay. <laughs> Having been through it myself, um, it's, it's not that easy. It's not that easy to be stuck in a place and just say, you know what? Um, I'm just going to think differently and, uh, and I'll be fine. It's it's not always that easy. So yeah, sometimes you do you do need to go outside yourself and and look for outside or external help. No, I will say from my own experience that mm-hmm. there have been times, not all times like this, but there mm-hmm. have been times like this where I took it as a challenge. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not feeling good right now. I haven't felt good for a while, but I'm really resenting the fact that this subconscious thing is taking over my life and I'm not going to let it do it anymore. So somehow, even though I don't know how, mm-hmm. somehow I'm determined to flip my attention over to something I like. Mm-hmm. And then I spend like the next 10 minutes 
failing to do so and just constantly being pulled there and pulled back and pulled there and pulled back and pulled there. I just, you know, that little tennis bat match that goes on where you try to put your attention on where you want and then it pulls you back to this thing that you've been focusing on all this time that produces the result you don't like and then back again and then forth again. Mm-hmm. You know, back and forth. I mean, it's exhausting. Yeah. But it could also be successful at mm-hmm. times. You know, it's, just, mm-hmm. it's almost a question of how determined am I? Mm-hmm. Do I really want to go there? Am I willing to put out the energy that's going to take? Because it takes a lot of energy in, in those situations. There's so much negative momentum built up the other way. That it takes a lot of energy to do that. You know, mm-hmm. It's not, not mm-hmm. easy to do. Yeah. So, so sometimes sometimes you can kind of go out and say, you know what? I'm just not going to be beaten by it. But that doesn't always work. Sometimes it just feels like you're being beaten down. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. it feels like you're being defeated. Mm-hmm. And that's when it's really useful to reach out to somebody else, whether it be a professional coach, a professional therapist, or a friend, or whatever. Yeah, but, but somebody help sometimes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess the first question that I would have, well, not the first, the second, because I already asked you one. The second <laughs> question I would ask is, what do you find is the best way to do it? Is it is it with a therapist? Is it with a life coach? Or is it with a friend? I feel like it depends on the person, and the personality, and the situation. Because some people, okay, especially, how do I word this? In the black community, it's, it's, it's against the rules to go to therapy. Mm. Like we, I'm not going to say we, cause I go to therapy, <laughs> but we as a people don't, uh, believe in therapy because we feel like it creates problems in the family. Like you're spilling secrets of the, of, of the family and, and now have people in the government minding your business and families get split up that way. And death, but that's just, you know, how people see it. That's not exactly what's happening. So people go a long time without getting help and, and specifically for those reasons. And it's ridiculous personally, but um, yeah, you could go with a life coach. If that's the situation, if that's what you believe, you can go with therapy if that's what you need. And also, you might want to see like a regular doctor and see what they say. Why is that? Um, because if, if you have, if you have a situation, like I don't think a life coach could really handle unless they're clinically trained to really handle, like say you have bipolar or something like that, that I think you need an actual therapist for and, and a psych doctor, like back to back working together. Um, Life coaches, I feel like if you're lost in life and can't figure out which direction you want to go in and, you know, you're just feeling stuck. And that's a, what I feel like a life coach is for. But that's just my personal opinion. And, you know, if you're having a bad day, that's when you turn to your friend. So there's different levels. I think that's true. I, I've also, in my own mind, kind of distinguished between life coaches and therapists in that therapists are where you want to go when you're dealing with something that you can tell is affecting you from your past. Mm-hmm. Some mm-hmm. subconscious program, some memory, some recurrent pattern that hasn't stopped to this day, and mm-hmm. it all dates back from the past in some way. That's mm-hmm. a good time for a therapist because that's where their wheelhouse is. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. where they're really strong. A life coach can do that, but really I think a life coach's greatest strength is helping you thinking about moving forward rather right. than going back right. into the past. So I think of the life coach as being now forward and the therapist now to the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that make okay. sense to you? you yeah, think, that makes sense to me. You, does that fit what you think? Well, there's also the sense of um, therapists can be life coaches, but life coaches I don't think can be therapists unless they have that background and just decided that life coaching is where they want to be. Which is an interesting claim, too, because the United States has specific licensing for therapists. Mm-hmm. Um, but other countries, I know, for instance, the United Kingdom, mm-hmm. don't have the same restrictions. So anyone mm. can become a therapist. Really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Anyone can be a therapist if you just hang up a shingle. Um, in <laughs> fact, in certain parts of the United States, that's also true. Here mm-hmm. in Connecticut, for instance, where I mm-hmm. uh, you can hang up a, a shingle as a psychotherapist without being licensed. Shut your face. No, I'm kidding. I'm not kidding. You really can. Um, now, it's not often done because mm-hmm. much of the work that gets done with therapists gets paid for through insurance. Right, right. And if you're not licensed, getting uh, an insurance company to pay for 
services that you provide is like pulling teeth. You're just, yeah. you know, don't go there. It's not going to be worth it. <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to go to like a rich town where people pay out of pocket for stuff like that. Yeah, that, that's about it. And even then mm-hmm. you can have a hard time because they'll tend to still want to have the licensed therapist. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? so yeah. It, it's definitely a challenge, but, but yeah, it still does exist here in the U S yet for the most part, most places you do have to be licensed mm-hmm. and there are certain places around the world where you don't have to be. So it creates different dynamics in different countries. Mm. Here there's sort of a, you actually have to make a choice. Joel, Joel Elston, um, I'm not sure if he still is licensed. He was a licensed therapist. He had mm-hmm. come up as a licensed therapist. He made the conscious decision to become a life coach. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean, yeah. Yeah, he switched from therapy to life coach. Mm-hmm. And I think that's partly because of the licensing process. Yeah. Because of the mm-hmm. fact that there is licensing, in fact, uh, in place for um, for therapy. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the same pattern holds true in, say, the United Kingdom. Mm. Uh, and now I'm speculating here because obviously neither of us live in the United Kingdom. But well, we should ask Dan we, we on Tuesday. Ask Dan. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, Louis D'Souza and uh, yep. Ashley Kaufman, we can ask them on Monday as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'll make a note to do that. Uh, but my impression is that, well, actually, Louis won't give me a direct answer about it anyway because he doesn't believe in therapists. But, oh! Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, at least not for himself. He, he, he will acknowledge that other people may find value in them, but for himself, mm-hmm. he doesn't have any time for them. Um, but I, I'm going to speculate that in the United Kingdom, it's quite possible for somebody to kind of change hats on the fly between mm-hmm. being a therapist and being a life coach. Mm-hmm. So I kind of suspect that there's a bit of a blurring of the lines, so mm-hmm. to speak, in a country like that, where you don't have the same equivalent uh, level of licensing between the two fields. Right. And. I think what actually happens in that case is the blurring of distinction between what life coaching is and what therapy is tends to disappear. Mm. So they become pretty much the same thing, which is understandable. Mm-hmm. They, they, they're they essentially trying to deal with the same thing, perhaps from different perspectives. I agree. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. They're really trying to um, help somebody to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By, and that's through, the end goal. Through a talk therapy of kind. Yeah. Through, mm-hmm. through, through a talk process, I should say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so you raised the the point that there are some times when it's appropriate to talk to a friend, and that's also where the boundaries are blurred in all places because, mm-hmm. you know, there are some friends who will shy away from doing anything that's any kind of advice, and there are other people who can't wait to be your therapist. <laughs> it's depends. me. I'm therapist. <laughs> <laughs> so that raises another question. When is it appropriate to talk to a friend about an issue you're dealing with, and when is it smart to not talk with a friend? Hmm, that is an intense question. And it's an important one. It's one that I think people often will face, particularly if they're in a depressed state or in a really angry or fearful state where they're, they're trying to make a decision. And that's not exactly the best time to be making, be making a decision, but that's what they have to do. They have to make I, a decision. I think you should always talk to your friends. However, if it's to the point where you feel like you're going to harm yourself or others, you should definitely go see someone professionally. That is true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Always seek professional help if there's something yeah. like that going on, especially mm-hmm. if it's self-harm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. That's a big risk. And it, that is a risk that has grown here in the U.S. The uh, rate mm. of suicide has, has really taken off over the last five years, ten years, something like that. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's yeah, very serious stuff. Um, how about those cases where you're not at risk? for harming yourself or others? If you're not at risk, you're just going through a tough situation. Um, I feel like a, a, a good friend is handy because, and also you have to have an objective friend because they got they have to be the type of person that's going to tell you the truth no matter what. Like it's whether it hurts you or helps you. You, you, you got to be able to separate the friendship and be like, this is what you need to hear right now. So you got to have one of those friends and have mm. them handy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> have them handy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> have them on speed dial, as they used to say, or yeah. right in your contact list in today's yeah. terminology. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Uh, Jeffrey has raised a question. He says, what if life coaches have the tools of a therapist, which is kind of like what Joel That's said. what I was saying. That's that's what I was saying about um, that Joel situation is – now, I'm not going to say unique because I feel like a lot of people do that. They – um, they go through the whole schooling of therapy and then they decide, you know what? It's team too much. So I'm going to, I'm going to switch over to life coaching. And Jeffrey also raised an interesting point. He says, I think the difference between a therapist and a friend is the expectation of reciprocity. 
Mmm. Touche. I like that. <laughs> so that becomes another aspect to it. I mean, it's I'll help you if you help me. I don't. I can only speak for myself, and I'm not like that. Like I'll help my friends even if they don't help me. I don't even really go to my friends like they come to me. I don't know. Well, that <laughs> I can identify with that because yeah. if I I never went to friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, you had to be a really, really close friend before mm-hmm. I would go to you. Mm-hmm. Really close. Like mm-hmm. somebody I have regular daily contact with or weekly contact or something yeah. like that. And somebody I really trust. Trust, I think, is critical. Crucial, yes. Yes. Without And, and the trust I'm talking about is trust that the other person is going to give you the straight shot, mm-hmm. tell you what's really going on, but do it in a way that doesn't undercut you. Right. And there are a lot of ways that we can undercut people. Um, I think they all kind of add up to one thing. Are you going to be criticized for having the issue? Right, right. And that shouldn't right. be. That shouldn't be. But it's very common. It is. It is. That's why I said you got to have the right type of friend that you know you can go to. Exactly. I mean, a lot mm-hmm. of people are friends who are... Well, I'll just generically describe as sarcastic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always a little bit of a cut to everything that yeah. that people say. That some mm-hmm. people say, you know, mm-hmm. definitely not your first choice for a therapist no. or a life no. coach. Or a <laughs> to, right? Yeah. Unless you have a certain masochistic ter- tendency, and and that's probably a time when you should especially avoid that kind of person. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yep. Because um, that's that's basically unless you like the idea of being enabled to make yourself miserable. Mm. There's that victim card again. That's what's going to happen, right? Mm Yeah. Um, Jeffrey added on, that's me. I'm one of those friends. I come with wine. (laughs) (laughs) He says, trust is the ultimate, but it's so hard to keep. And it can be hard to earn and keep. Earning. That's an interesting concept, too. Not for me. I come out of the box that way. (laughs) So expound on that. What does that mean for you? Um... I'm always open and honest. There's no, there's no sugarcoating with me. So, and I'll let you know whether I'm going to tell your secret or not. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> like so listen, honestly, I, if I don't think it's a big deal and someone asks me a question, yes, I'm going to, I'll probably answer it. But if someone literally tells me, like you have to literally tell me, Asperger's, you have to literally tell me, don't say anything. And then I put it in the lockbox. That's when I know. Okay. But because people know that about me, you know, you, I'm easy to trust. You just got to remember to press the lockbox code. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's fair game. <laughs> do, do you give out that code very often? <laughs> it, yes, I do. Every okay. conversation. I'm like, listen. Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the beginning of our friendship. But I have to let you know. If you want me to keep a secret, you got to tell me. <laughs> it's an interesting requirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say that because, you know, when you – when you you're choosing somebody to go to with a with a, of a problem or something like that, from my perspective, if somebody comes to me with a problem, that automatically means I'm promising to keep it quiet. Well, the, in that in that sense, yes. But I'm talking about like stupid little things where people overthink things and they're like, "Oh, don't say anything," but I stub my toe, and I'm like, "Really? Like <laughs> stupid stupid things like that? Like, but I don't think it's a big deal, so I'm gonna say something. Like, I'm telling my mom, I don't care." <laughs> I'm probably going to make a joke about it on the podcast. Like, it's happening. <laughs> I think you're, but probably, if... you're probably safe with that one, too, because that's generally not the kind of thing that people are looking to keep quiet. Sometimes, but it depends on how you stubbed your toe. Okay, now uh, you got me wondering. Tell me about a situation where you've stubbed your toe and you want to keep it quiet. Uh, you were drunk in school. I don't know. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so there was an embarrassing subtext. Yeah, uh, but yeah. That's usually when when it comes out when it's uh, something embarrassing. Okay. See, I don't I don't know how to gauge embarrassment. That's another thing. So that's why I need the lockbox code. So Jeffrey says that's what we pay a therapist to do to listen and keep secrets and give perspective. Facts. Well, actually, insurance pays it, and that's another difference between <laughs> that's another difference between therapy and life coaching. Is life life coaching isn't usually paid for by insurance. Usually not. Um, yeah. Although, interestingly enough, there are a lot of people who find that 
because of their own insurance situations here in the U.S., because mm-hmm. U.S. insurance is quite different from many other countries around the world. Facts. Mm-hmm. Um, many people find that because of their, their situation, their insurance may pay for it in theory, but in practice they're paying for it out of pocket anyway because of deductibles and so forth. So, uh. so it's – I mean, so, some people, particularly people who have been you know, put into the – the uh, little box of, well, this is somebody who needs official help, so they're going to get official help. Mm -hmm. It's not an issue. Mm -hmm. But if you're just a regular person who doesn't fall into that box, all of a sudden you're finding yourself paying a few hundred bucks a month on therapy because, and you're paying for it out of pocket. Because if you knew how much therapy actually costs, your deductible is pretty okay. If yeah, well, I'm, I was saying a few hundred dollars a month. I was assuming you know one or two visits a month. If you're talking more visits than that. It could be up in the thousands. <laughs> well, yeah, but if it's like if it's two hundred dollars an hour, mm-hmm. and you're going twice a month, you're only paying for like half a session, and insurance is paying the rest. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm not going to try to follow that logic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just basically bottom line. If you need therapy, go get it. Okay. All right. Don't Um, let outside things stop you. How about for somebody? I'm going to really just carry this out to the. Oh, we're playing devil's advocate all day. Okay. Got it. This is an extreme situation. Okay. But it's it's probably not all, not all that extreme. I mean, we live in a time when a lot of people have financial difficulty, Mm -hmm. you know, and not all, all of them get financial assistance. Right. A, A lot don't. Facts. I mean, if you fall in that middle range, you're probably on your own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's the person who I'm I'm thinking about. And I'm thinking about that person because that person was me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For, for the longest time, that person yep. was me and Louise. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when I was first discovering Law of Attraction, mm-hmm. um, right before that, Louise had basically sat me down and told me how negative I was being and how miserable I was and so forth. And I mean, I of dating a therapist. <laughs> yeah, because my wife was a former therapist. Yeah. <laughs> she was also married to me, you know. Right, that and too. <laughs> I, to this day, I'm not really sure how close we were to breaking up, but I wouldn't have wanted mm. to push it very far. Right, you know? right, yeah. You know? And she stuck by me, and I did get better, and I did work on it and so forth. Every once in a while, she'd jump on my chest, grab my uh, shirt by the lapels, and say, snap out of it to kind of... <laughs> But at that time, I mean, she said, I'll pay to have you go into therapy. Wow. And given our financial situation, I knew that would basically break us. Yeah. Now, would she have paid it? Yeah, she would have. Wow. That's love. It is love. Mm-hmm. I really love her for it. But I also mm-hmm. knew we would have been in really, really bad trouble if she had done that. Well, that's how bad it was. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and that can happen to a lot of people. Yep. So that's a that's a difficult situation. I think we see that quite a bit. We see mm-hmm. it on Facebook. I think mm-hmm. that's one of the reasons why we see so many people asking for help in the Facebook Law of Attraction groups. Yeah, true. People who feel they, well, rightfully or wrongfully, they feel mm-hmm. they can't afford to pay a therapist. Mm-hmm. Is it a good idea to get help that way? Well, we could go back and forth. I mean. <laughs> Sometimes you might find the right person in the right mood to give you advice, and mm-hmm. you might make a friend, and that, but then sometimes it bites you in the ass. Sometimes <laughs> you listen to a show like Elloway Today, and you find out that they have a whole bunch of co-hosts who are life coaches and therapists, and then they say, you know, send us a note. We want to hear from you, and you send a note, and you get some help that way. You know, so exactly. People do. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it, you're, when you're in that place like I had been in, and I know many, many other people have been in, Mm-hmm. You're grasping of straws a lot. Yes, yes. And in that grasping of straws, I think that's where I go back to what I talked about before. That's where I learned to say, you know what? Okay, maybe right now I can't afford a therapist. Mm-hmm. But maybe I can find my way out. Okay. Maybe I can say to myself, you know what? I'm going to follow Abraham Hicks's advice. Okay. I'm going to refocus my attention. I'm going to pivot. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what Neville Goddard talks about and assume the feeling of what my real wish is fulfilled. I'm going to even identify what my real wish is. Mm-hmm. And I bring that up to say, even if you're in a bad spot financially where you can't afford stuff, you can still give that a try. It's not a guarantee you'll be able to succeed. You may find that your negative momentum you've built up has been too great to succeed. But even if you don't succeed, mm-hmm. 
first of all, you learn a lot about yourself by trying to do it. That's true. That's always true. And second of all, even if you don't break through now, you're making progress. That took me a while to learn that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But even if you're not breaking through, even if you're trying yourself to pivot, to do all the stuff that Abraham and Neville and the others talk about, and you're not succeeding, you're still making progress. And it's really hard to know that because you don't feel like you're making progress. Yeah, sometimes you gotta you gotta look back. It and it takes a while to have the time pass to look back on it, so yep. you can see that there was progress. Mm -hmm. right? So because you can't just look back on yesterday and be like, mm, nope, how much better enough. am I today? No, you need some couple of months, maybe a year, and some change to go by for you to you know mm -hmm. take an take an assessment. So that's where the various processes come from that we can mm -hmm. do. Abraham brought some up. Uh, people do things like affirmations and. They do meditation, various visualizations. They do vision boards. They do a variety of things. All of them are designed to help us pivot, to help us shift our attention to what we like and prefer. Mm -hmm. So there are things we can do even if we are not in the financial condition we would like to be in. And I think that's encouraging. Um, I can tell people, and I have mentioned many times on the podcast, that the best thing I learned to do was the mirror exercise. Mm -hmm. yep. Because I could do that every day. Mm -hmm. I could do it no matter what mood I was in. Mm -hmm. And if I stuck to it every day for at least 30 days, which I did, in fact, I, I did it for about 50 days, then took a break for a while, and then came back and did it for another, I don't know, 100, 150 days, something like that. Wow. Yeah, I did it for quite some time. Hmm. It produced surprising results. Yeah. But like you said, it didn't happen overnight. Right. It took quite some time. Mm-hmm. I didn't even see or feel more precisely. I didn't right. feel any results for the first 20 days. Mm -hmm. So I had to do that every single day, basically humiliating myself, looking in the mirror, giving myself this thing about <laughs> how much I love you. And even though I wasn't feeling it deep inside. Yeah. For 20 days before I finally noticed a tiny little feeling of change going on. <laughs> This was not easy. No, it's not. And then I got the, the remarkable result after 30 days, mm -hmm. which was, I mean, we talked about how uh, with a therapist, you're going to a therapist very often because you're dealing with an ongoing theme dating back to something from your past that just keeps playing up in your life. Um, and one of the ways that happens is it comes to your mind. You're, you know, we, we, we talk about how, well, these thoughts come to me and I can't seem to control these thoughts. That's what happens. Oh, tell me about it. And then, and then your mind just starts playing all these things over and over again that you really don't want to be focusing your attention on. Well, that's mm -hmm. the thing about the mirror exercise. After 30 days, my mind went quiet. And that's when I knew, wow, I really can change this stuff on my own. Not that it's <laughs> always the best idea to change on my own, but I did it. Well, see, I, I take the other route. It. I feel like I manifested the right doctor to give me the right medications for that. So <laughs> that's the route I took. <laughs> and that's good. You know, there's no right way. Mm -hmm. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. Mm -hmm. I love that phrase from Abraham Hicks. You can't, can't get, get it, it wrong. wrong. And you'll never get it done either. Yep. <laughs> that's true. And you flip it around, what that means is you always get it right. So every selection you make is right. Even when mm -hmm. you're doing something that somebody else thinks is self-destructive, that's a hard mm -hmm. topic. That's a hard conversation. Even when you're making selections that other people think are self-destructive to yourself, mm -hmm. you're still doing it right. That's, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. You know, how many mm -hmm. of us have had situations with friends, family, uh, people we're close to, people we care about, people we don't even know we've seen online, mm -hmm. who are, I mean, it, they're very evidently sabotaging themselves in one way or another, mm -hmm. you know? And then we feel like, you know, we feel for them and we wish we could give them advice they'd listen to. And we know sometimes if we give them the advice they're not going to listen, sometimes they're going to strike back at us. And we say, mm -hmm. oh God, I mean, when is this person going to wake up? It's hard to remember that person's doing things right. Right. That's hard. It is. You know? Actually, one of the best things we can do is to learn that one, though. I agree. That's a, that's a hard pill to swallow, though. That's a hard <laughs> pill. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it I, don't even, I don't even know if I have enough water to get that down. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Not, you can't sneak it in cheese or bologna. I don't. It's not going. I don't know. <laughs> Flavored water helps, but uh, yeah, it, it is tough and it's a challenge. But it's also a good way. There you see it. <laughs> water just kind of soared into the screen. <laughs> But it, it's also worth it because it's one of the ways that we learn to let go. Mm-hmm. When we are able and willing to at least try to recognize that somebody who seems to be doing something self-destructive is actually doing th- something right, that's our way of letting go, of saying, you know what, as much as I don't like what they're doing, as much as I feel for them, as much as I wish they would change their behavior pattern... It's none of my business. I like to go with, um, Kenny told me this one day. I forget what we were talking about, but we take alliterations. And so, for instance, if my dog's doing something, he'll be like, not my puppy, not my problem. That's what I say. (laughs) (laughs) So we do that with everything now. And we're like, his nieces are acting up. And I'm like, not my kid, not my problem. That's what I say. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's a lot easier. So because poor little girl, she's 11 years old. And she asked me, what do you do about stress? And oh, I didn't know how man. to answer that. Yeah. How at 11 oh. years old do you have stress? I mean, her family situation, I understand. But at the same time, like, 11? We're talking about this already? Yeah. And I was like, I don't stress. And she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I don't stress. I was like, I have anxiety, but I don't stress. It's two different things. <laughs> so <laughs> she's like, so what do you do? And I was like, I don't know. I just live my life. I just, I, I don't know. <laughs> I had no advice to give her at that point. It is common, though. It it has gotten to the point now between the pressures associated with school, because between pressures mm-hmm. that can often be associated with home life, right? And be- between that and the pressures of what goes on online, because so much of what kids do these days is online. That combination, yeah, I'm not surprised that her stress. Yeah, level she's got all of that. All of that. I'm I'm actually more surprised that there aren't more kids who are suffering stress at that age. Well, I think a lot of parents these days and in between that age of of, uh, the preteens to, you know, seniors in high school. um, I know my my half brother is not he's he has the Instagram, but he's not allowed to be on Facebook Mm -hmm. um, specifically for those reasons. Mm -hmm. And just because he's already got so much pressure being, you know, like a a top kid in his school, he's in band, he's playing football, he's he does all the things. So he does. You don't need that added pressure from somebody who's who's hating on you and then no. going to tell you all kinds of things that make you lower your self esteem. No, no, we're not going to add that. That's a good thing. Um, yeah. In fact, the, I think there's also a reminder in there. We talked a moment ago. We kind of brought up the idea of staying in your own lane. Mind your own. Mm-hmm. It's not my problem to deal with that kind yep. of thing. Which sounds like a throwaway, like, well, I'm not responsible for that, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm gonna wash my hands of the whole thing, you know, which is not what that means. What it means. But why is, not though? <laughs> but, 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 but that has like a negative connotation, like, I don't care about that other person. And that's what mm, I'm saying. It, okay. doesn't, it right. doesn't mean that you don't care about the other person. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I think it means just the opposite. I think it means you do care about them. Mm. It means you have enough respect for them that you're to mind your business. let them do it their own way. Mm-hmm. And there's a great lesson in that that if we pay attention, helps us all individually in, in huge ways. I saw that a lot with the Sudbury helped to found. I've mm-hmm. seen it in various work environments I've been in. Mm-hmm. I've seen it in almost any situation I can think of where I interacted with other people. Mm-hmm. To the extent that I demonstrate my respect for somebody else by just standing back and saying, you know what, I may not like your choices, but I'm going to respect you anyway. Yeah. That goes mm-hmm. A long way. You talked about building trust. There's how you build trust. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the thing I have with a lot of my friends is I, I'll give you the honest answer. I may not agree with you in your situation, but we're still going to be friends at the end of the day. So, and it's because of trust and and, mm-hmm. and of respect. I think the respect is actually bigger. Oh yeah, I yeah. think the trust comes out of the respect. Agreed. Agreed. Because when you truly respect somebody else, even though you don't like their choices, mm-hmm. that says a lot to them. They may not uh, yeah. even be aware of the message, but it says a lot of very good, useful, positive, supportive stuff to them. Just because you say, you know what, I, it's not what I would have done, but you got to do what's right for you. I'll go with your, your selection, even though I don't like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that says a lot. You, you'll, you'll get double takes for that one. Yeah. You're like, really? <laughs> I am giving myself a double ta- mental double take right now. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's what happens Mm -hmm. because it's not something we're used to hearing. Right. 
that's why we get the double take. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. It surprises us. Like, yeah. Wow. Somebody, when this isn't just conditional respect, this is just plain respect. Right. It's not respect based on me being a human or being, me being white or black or male or female or some other cat. It's just respect. Right. Whoa. <laughs> 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 right. Head explodes. <laughs> Hashtag mind blown. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeffrey also pointed out uh, one of the um, affirmations that we've been using that uh, Cindy Chavez and I introduced from Neville Goddard. Um, that Wouldn't it be nice if? very powerful. No, well, that's a good one. That's that's the nice oh, process. Isn't it wonderful? Right. Isn't it yeah. wonderful? Something marvelous is happening. For happening for you right now. Yeah. That's a great way to climb out of anything. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. Because it does two things. First, it eliminates the perceived need to be specific. Mm-hmm. What it is that we want? Mm-hmm. And what it is we desire? And just limits it to I just want to be better. I just want things yeah. to get better. I don't even mm-hmm. know. I, I, have, I have such a long list. I don't even know how to make it better. <laughs> so right. <laughs> I just want to be better. Yeah. So just by affirming, you know, isn't it, mar- isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening for me now. Yeah. That, not only is, does it have great attractive power um, in terms of attracting stuff to you that you like, mm-hmm. when repeated over the course of time, it, it kind of lets you off the hook. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. It's like, Oh God! You, you, you talked about stress. That's how you release stress. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't be responsible. That's too much for me to be it's, responsible for attracting all that. I just can't. It's do too that. much to have the world on your shoulders. Yeah. It's too much. So it's like Atlas shrugging. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to do it. So please, universe, just take care of it for me. I'm just going to stay as positive as I can stay right now, even though I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God. That's so funny. <laughs> but classic, classic. Isn't that the way it is? Yeah, basically. When you start, even if you're in that place of being really angry, really mad about what's going on, maybe the mad is buried because for whatever reason, various factors, various people in your life, you're not allowed to show it or you don't allow yourself to show it or even to face it or to embrace it or anything like that. Oh, that's sad. That happens a lot though. Yeah. It happens an awful lot. Mm. Just being able to say, isn't it wonderful? Something marvelous is happening for me now. Yep. Even though you don't believe it. <laughs> you got to fake it till you make it. Even though you don't believe it. Just saying that. There's like mm-hmm. a little bit, a little ring of hope in it. Yes. And that hope kind of strings you along enough to just say it the next day. Mm-hmm. And the next day. Mm-hmm. And the next day. And, and then, then 20 days later. Like that mirror exercise, <laughs> all of a sudden, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> what was that? that Holy that, self-esteem. Where did that come be, from? That's got to be just a coincidence. I can't believe <laughs> And then on day 21, something else happens. Whoa, wait a minute. Something happened today, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's, thanks for bringing that one up, Jeffrey, because that is a very powerful one. Cindy and I discovered that in a big, big way. In fact, mm-hmm. um, just to remind everybody... Um, Within the first week that I started doing that one, I found myself shifting to much more specific stuff. I mean, you don't have to stick with that one. The idea is just just stay with doing whatever you can focus on that you like and prefer daily. And if that helps you to do it, then that helps you to do it. Right. So I stayed with it for a few days, and I started getting to stuff that was more specific. Cindy stuck with it for about a week to two weeks. Mm-hmm. And both of us ended up manifesting stuff fairly quickly. Now, is, we, is that when the money came in? Money started coming in for me. She started mm-hmm. having some really interesting stuff happen with her. Um, it just, now, granted, we were already in a pretty good place. So we had less resistance than we would have had right. if, if we were in a really bad place. So that makes mm-hmm. it easier, you know. But the point is, you can still get there quickly. Yeah. You know? So even mm-hmm. if you're not feeling good right now, even if you're feeling mad as hell and can't take it anymore. It's amazing. <laughs> you, just, you just stick you stick to the idea of shifting even to the small degree that you can, and stuff really does start to shift. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you're going to become a multimillionaire tomorrow. I'm or not. not. Saying, well, you could. It's possible. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just not promising it. You know? Okay. Well, yeah. We're, we're not get, guaranteeing anything yeah. over here. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not promising that's going to happen, but I do promise that something will happen, and mm-hmm. it's going to be better than what you had. True. That much I can guarantee. Mm-hmm. All because we shift our perspective. 
Tibbet. Uh, Tibbet. <laughs> I'm reminded, too, that we as human beings, I don't know what the number is. We have something like 60, 70,000 thoughts a day or something like that. I mean, it's just yeah, something like that. And like 99% of them are the same ones that we had yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. It just goes to show there's not a whole lot of shifting you have to do. Right. I mean, if you go from 99% to 98%, something's going to happen. That's a lot, actually. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but it kind of puts into perspective. It's not like I have to shift all of it. Right. You just got to get in have, that 1%. I just have to pivot it some. Yeah. To some degree every mm-hmm. day. Mm-hmm. And if I do, things start to happen. Yes. Now, you and I also did a great show. By the way, this show got over a 1,000 listens so far. Shut your face. I'm not kidding. Oh, my goodness. This show was about um, what happens when we don't notice manifestations. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you didn't uh, tell me the numbers, though. Yeah, it's over a 1,000 now. Okay. All right. And, and I see you. <laughs> well ahead of second place, I might add. <laughs> we, we did really well on that show. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but in that show, we emphasized many different ways, many different times, mm-hmm. the importance of noticing when things happen. So that's the other part of the formula, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Especially when we're in a bad place, that's when we're going to tend to miss stuff. Yeah. So now we have to start remembering, be aware. Yes. Keep the eyes open. Expect that something is going to happen and your job is to notice it. You don't mm-hmm. have to even celebrate it yet. If you're not feeling up to celebrate, just notice it. Right. Just the noticing makes a difference. Because as it turns out, all kinds of stuff is happening all the time that we don't notice, even mm-hmm. when we're depressed. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. A, a depressed person or an angry person or a fearful person or whatever, they're so focused on their depression, their fear, their anger, the stuff that's getting them down, that good stuff is happening all around them and they can't see it. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they didn't notice it. Yes. That's key. That's key. Yeah. So that noticing is a big, big deal. Let's see what else is Jeffrey asking here. Oh, yeah. He spelled out respect, R-E-S-P-E-C-T. Oh, boy. <laughs> We're Shaka Khaning it. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> he says, I also use one of my own making. Don't feel bad about what you aren't doing. Feel good about what you are doing. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's actually the kindergarten version of pivoting. Yeah. It's the first step pivot. Now you mm-hmm. don't have to invent something to pivot to. You just have to find something you've already been doing. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is. Or if you can't find something that you've already been doing, something you've been experiencing. Yeah. In my case, Louise suggested to me back then when I was mm-hmm. really, really in a bad place. Mm-hmm. I was doing I was doing walks then. She says, next time you're out on a walk, when you see your first flower, stop and look at the flower and study the inside of the flower. Oh. And then just appreciate it. Appreciate mm-hmm. the color. Appreciate the shape. Maybe there's multiple colors. Appreciate everything you can about it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at her and I thought she was absolutely nuts. <laughs> <laughs> but I was also feeling pretty bad. And it was my wife. And I did trust her implicitly. So I said, all right, yeah. okay, I'll do that. And then I probably right. forgot. <laughs> As husbands do. <laughs> also. Yeah, facts. <laughs> and then she brought it up again a few days later, and mm-hmm. I think I lied. Yeah, yeah, I did that. It didn't work or something. I, I don't remember exactly what I said, but it was not. I, I, w- I was clearly not focused on it. I'm um, snitching. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't remember how many times she said it, but I eventually tried it. Okay. I, I tried it actually after the, after the second time. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking the walk. It was a bright, sunny day. It was spring. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's the best time to do it, really. Mm. Not if you have allergies. (laughs) (laughs) And I probably would have found that to to complain about in the mood that I was in. Mm. Nevertheless, I did find the flower to look at. And Mm -hmm. I went up and studied it and realized I had to take my glasses off because my prescription was interfering. But I have good nearsightedness, so I took the glasses off so I could see it. And... Okay, I looked at it. Yep, all right, that's nice. And then I walked on. Aww. <laughs> and it felt like nothing had happened. Yeah. It felt like nothing had happened. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it again for a while. 
Mm-hmm. And then another time I'm walking along, and I didn't notice a flower. I noticed, I think it was a chipmunk. Or no, no, this is Virginia, so it must have been a squirrel. Believe it or not, there are no chipmunks in Virginia. I don't know why. What? Because there they're all up here. I know, they're all here, exactly. <laughs> why they don't go south for the winter, I don't know, but nevertheless. Well, that's like there's no squirrels in Japan. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah. But but there were squirrels in Virginia, and this was a squirrel crossing mm-hmm. the path, ran up a tree. And that caught my attention. Mm-hmm. Now, I still wasn't appreciating the squirrel. Mm-hmm. I didn't even notice what the colors were around me. I certainly wasn't seeing the flowers. But at least I watched the squirrel. <laughs> now, this sounds really meager, doesn't it? It just sounds very old people-ish. Like, I'm, I'm pitching you with binoculars. It's like... Oh, just, no, no. It, no, no, no that, I that's, know. I that's know. much I'm more saying. involved than it was. I'm, yeah. We're, we're talking about, oh, yeah, there's a squirrel. Okay. <laughs> that, that was the level of interest, you know. So that's a full extent. Got it. That was okay. it. Yeah, yeah. And yet, just those two events. Okay, mm-hmm. I looked in the flower. Okay, there goes a squirrel. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I found myself paying a little more attention to nature. Mm. And I did it more and more over time. Not consistently. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really felt out of control. Right. I felt like I had no control over my own focus at all. Mm. So there was no consistency to it. But it just kind of slowly over time, I was paying more and more attention by default. Not mm-hmm. because I was trying real well. Right. I just kind of was doing it. And it started to take on its own momentum. Mm. Now, because I wasn't paying much attention, it was really slow in coming. Right. <laughs> I wasn't really helping it a whole lot, you know. <laughs> but it did prove to me that no matter how meager my effort is, it did produce a result. And that was mind-blowing. No matter how meager my effort was, there actually was a result. And then I realized, oh, my God, I noticed a result. Oh. I noticed okay. a manifestation. You were being aware. I was aware. Mm-hmm. And that blew my mind. Like, oh, this is actually, this was, this is a manifestation. Because I, I was still stuck in that that phase of believing, well, it's not a manifestation unless it's some miraculous miracle. Yeah, it's got to be a miracle. Otherwise, it doesn't count. (laughs) $50,000 dropped in my head or something, you know. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But no, I had actually noticed something that was small. Mm -hmm. And I I did it without effort. Mm -hmm. I did it against the odds. (laughs) (laughs) But I did it. (laughs) So it, it just proves... Even the smallest amount does come back to you. Now, you can't really expect it to come back as an avalanche if you're only doing, you know, a little thing every five days. Right. But it does come back. And that's reassuring. Because we need to have the evidence that this stuff works in order mm-hmm. to be doing it. Mm-hmm. So once again, I go back to notice the manifestations. Notice the information. Notice the stuff coming into your awareness that matches what you were looking for. I put hashtag notice the squirrel. Notice the squirrel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That noticing is everything. Mm-hmm. It makes it so much easier to do all the stuff that we're advised to do, to feel like the, the wish has been fulfilled. To yeah. imagine, to visualize like you're in the dream. Mm-hmm. Little it makes it so much easier to do all that when you have the experience that says, this stuff really works. Mm-hmm. It really works. And, and it helps you really- be in the moment, too. Talk about that. I mean, if you're sitting there and you're and you're focusing on nature, like you're just you're just appreciating what's in front of you at that moment. So you're being in the moment. Why is that important? I feel like it's, it comes with the being aware thing. Like you're not just being aware of manifestations; you're being aware of your surroundings and just appreciating what the universe has created, what you and the universe have created. And I think that's important. How has that played out for you? Oh, boy. <laughs> um, Short questions are always the best ones. <laughs> yeah, apparently. They're, it's a thinker. It uh, <laughs> let me see. I would say being in the moment, like for me, is usually in conversation with another friend. And you're just talking about life and talking about and, and you're not realizing that you're making lists of things you want to, to happen. And because you're saying them out loud, that you're, you're trying to bring them to fruition without actually, you know, you're just having a conversation. You're not, you know, putting full focus on it. This has to happen. No, you're just saying, wouldn't it be nice if, you know, 
And later on, I don't know, a week later, two weeks later, a month later, a year later, it, things just pop up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they and, do, don't they? Yeah, yeah. So that's when it just happens when you're being in the moment instead of sitting there going, I have to manifest this right now. Just be in the conversation. So isn't it cool that despite the fact we were talking about the importance of having a therapist or a life coach, we've actually pretty effectively explored how we can also help ourselves. Yes, definitely. And I think there's a little bit of a, I don't know, a cliche in there. The best, a little bit. The best coach or the best therapist is in your own head. Mm, possible, possible. Just, just got to learn to listen to it, really. Yeah, yeah. And a life coach or a therapist will help you do that. And by the way, when you do start hearing the voice in your head, one of the first things that I noticed for my own voice was how critical it was. Mm. So that's when I remember to tell my voice, thank you for the information, but could you be nicer about it, please? (laughs) (laughs) Please be gentle on me. I'm I'm, I'm just a little learner here, okay? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See, that's the difference between helping yourself and needing a therapist. If you're hearing one voice and it's yourself, that's fine. If you're hearing multiple voices, you need to see someone. (laughs) If you're having an argument with a group, it's a problem. (laughs) That can be a problem. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But also, it's the best conversation you'll ever have because that's the smartest (laughs) person you know. (laughs) Well, it's also, uh, it can be problematic if you're just having the argument with yourself. I did that a lot. I still do occasionally. I still have those little arguments, you know, and, and it's, it, I, I know Louise is looking at me like sideways, like, what are you doing? <laughs> I do it all the time and I do it out loud, so. <laughs> <laughs> I do it out loud too. Uh, I, usually try standing... to find a, I try to find a quiet room to do it in, but. <laughs> nope. <laughs> you know, I do it anywhere, anytime, any place. I'll be standing in the middle of the refrigerator and I'm like, what did we come down here for? Why can't you remember anything? I don't know. It was. <laughs> I wanted cheese. I don't know what you're yelling at me for. It's always cheese. I know. We like cheese. I was talking to this guy once, and he told me, he he asked me if I was psycho. And I was like, why? And he goes, because you talk to yourself. And I go, yeah, that bitch is smart. What are you talking about? (laughs) She's got mad insight. Like, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, that's knowing yourself, really. Yes, it is. Took, a, really took a long time to get here. That's yeah. listening to the manifestation, manifestation actually. Oh, that's is like, it? That's listening to the clues. Ah. Because one of the clues, I mean, the clues all come from ourselves anyway. Facts. You know, whether it's through us consciously or, you know, fed through us through source energy or whatever, received psychically, I don't care what you call it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a clue. Mm, it's true, a clue of true. a manifestation of some kind, mm-hmm, of some mm-hmm. thought that you've had that's produced some other new thought, mm-hmm. or perhaps even something physical. You know, it can yeah. be either way. It can be mm-hmm. both, but it's still there. It's still there to be noticed. Mm-hmm. One final thought before we uh, we also have to give our our little promo message. promos. Yep. Um, but one final thought is it's this is something that a therapist or a life coach will point out to you if you've been really stuck on something for a long time. It's a good time to embrace it. Mm. It's a good time. That's what a therapist will help you do. They'll help you identify what it is and then to embrace it. Because as Jung pointed out, you know, what we resist persists. Mm. And then what he followed up with amounted to when you embrace it, it dissolves. He didn't actually say it in those words, but that's what it right. amounted to. Um, and it's true. I mean, when, when we embrace whatever that horrible thing is, it becomes less powerful. Mm-hmm. And it can go away if you stay with that. Yeah, um, it's important. Or at least have a more positive spin when it comes back. Exactly. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where I was going to go. Yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. you want to try to find some way to pivot. Pivot. To you want to be. You know? <laughs> yeah. But nevertheless, after that embracement, yeah, good yeah, can happen. Mm-hmm. So promos. Make sure that if you're a, not a subscriber, you become a subscriber. So many people have. Thank you to all of you who have become subscribers lately. You are helping our numbers dramatically. We have had preach, preach. Over the last three or four months, something like a 30 to 40% increase in listenership average per show. It's mm-hmm. fabulous. I mean, we had one show over a thousand listens. Holy cow. We're averaging between the podcast and YouTube, uh, currently averaging around 425 to 450. We're closing in on 500. It's like, oh, 
So thank you, new subscribers or recent subscribers. And for those who are not yet subscribers, just go to the homepage of our website, loatoday.net, and you'll find instructions at the top. It takes about a click or two, and you'll be subscribed to get all five episodes every single week. Well, we do five episodes a week here during the holidays. <laughs> it always happen, but, you know, most we of the gotta time. we got to take vacations, too. <laughs> most of the time, it's five days a week. And you'll get all of them for free. There's no charge. And, of course, you can also listen to us on YouTube. How do they subscribe on YouTube, Alex? Go to LOA Today Podcast Videos on YouTube. And once you see our smiling faces, go down below, hit the red subscribe button. And next to the red subscribe button, there is a silver bell. Make sure you click all so you will always be notified when we're live. And it's just that simple. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Alex. Good idea on the topic. Glad you brought No problem. Up. Give us some good stuff to talk about. Thanks, Jeffrey, and everyone else who's tuning in the live stream. And we especially thank you to all of our podcast listeners as well. We'll see you all next time here on Only Today. Bye, everybody.